Jingle bells, jingle hey. bells. Nice. I like that. Thanks for tuning in to How's Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. Well, it's Christmas time, and that can only mean one thing. I'm sitting across from my fake little brother, Bo Hutchings. Bo, welcome back. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. It's it's uh, it's another Cozy Bros Christmas. Here we are. Which what is it, our our fifth? Boy, somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to go back to the yeah, archives cool. once we, once, once we we'll stop come through. recording. Yeah, but um, I got a real humdinger for you here, Bo, uh, for my book today. So I'm excited to share it with you. I'm also, I'm very impressed with your full Christmas regalia that you're wearing. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, I feel like it's going to break your heart for me to tell you this is just audio, but I want you to know that even though the listeners can't see it, I see it and appreciate it. This is not a visual medium? No, it's not. It's not. So we've got a full Christmas sweater. <laughs> Full Christmas sweater with the gingerbread man. Says all snap. He's using candy cane as a crutch. And the back. The back says bite me. Wow. Ah. So it's it's like a sour patch kid. It's sweet and it's a little sour. Around. Yeah. yeah. Aren't gingerbread usually the aren't that story aren't they usually like sassy characters? I always yeah. think of Shrek. I suppose Gingy, in Shrek. Ginger sure. sassy, yeah, you know. That's true. They always that's have true. the one liners. So this is kind of a ripoff. It's like a, a Oh. A Kmart version of Shrek. I was Shrek. just going to say that, but Kmart's aren't a thing anymore, so you just dated yourself. Did you hear? So the last Kmart in Michigan uh, was in Marshall, the okay. town I live yeah. currently, and it just closed oh. right before Thanksgiving. Oh, geez. I know. I want to do my Christmas shopping. What a bummer. We and had I one didn't... in Wellsville until not too long ago. Really? Uh, it was sad to see it go, yeah. I don't think I made it out there when yeah. I was there. I, I loved Kmart as a kid. Do you remember they used to have, like, the Kmart cafes? Do you remember that? They would have, no. like, it was like a restaurant. It wasn't just, like, get a soft pretzel. Really? The one in downtown Battle Creek, Michigan, I'm talking about. Everyone. Oh, well, they I think because we had whole... one in Marshall, I didn't make it out to Battle Creek. Kmart, oh, right? yeah, you just had, what, Little Caesars in Marshall, right? Yeah. That's what we had in Wellsville, yeah. too. Yeah, pizza, pizza. I re- <laughs> I remember I went out there. Uh, I think last year, yeah. and you could tell they were they were they, oh, <laughs> they yeah. were kind of like of on the decline. Because I went back to like where the electronics used to be, and I was like, "Do you guys sell headphones?" And, and all I see are Christmas trees, and they're like, yeah. "Um, we used to have electronics, but now we just sell uh, Christmas decorations year round." I thought, "Uh oh," <laughs> and then the the associate goes, "Thank you so much for shopping here." Wow. In the most genuine tone, I was like, "Oh wow. man, they must be hurting if they're coming around yeah. personally to thank, to thank whoever they see." Sure, sure, yeah. And I and I hate to say it, but I didn't go in again after that because I always save my Kmart time as like my Christmas shopping time okay. to, to just get like the little like cards and stuff that you need. And I wow. totally missed the window on this wow. one. End of an era. It is. Yeah, it really is. What a time. But you really brought me down. This is supposed to be an upbeat Christmas I know, I know. Let's special. pick it up. Yeah, seriously. Let's pick it up. Okay, well, I, w- I want to talk about your Christmas book, but before that, uh, let's get into our bookmark segments. Have you read anything recently non-Christmassy or Christmassy, just not your main book? Anything else you might recommend that you've, that you've read? Honestly, I haven't. Okay. All right. You I think are, the last the last yeah. thing I read, you're gonna you, you're not gonna believe this was our, our our summer red, white, and royal blue. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. all right. You are you watching anything? I feel like this is like prime time for uh, streaming at the moment. 
For sure. Yeah. What am I watching? I'm really into Succession. Oh, HBO, HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I am really into uh, the reboot of Sex and the City, actually. I oh. just like that. Is it good? It's different. Okay. Like, it's a different tone, obviously. And they, For sure. Because yeah. it's not called Sex and the City. It's not called Sex and the City 2. Right. It's called and just like that and just like that is that like so a phrase it, or an expression that was used in the original yes. or oh it is okay. yeah carrie bradshaw would always say and just like that ah, i'm an okay. author or something like that you okay. know like she'd always it would always be kind of like an interlude into yeah, something yeah, else, yeah 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 so. okay i feel like we've talked about this before but i've read a lot of candace bushnell's books and i have never seen like a frame of sex in the city <laughs> I, I thought uh, that I would watched be a lipstick night. jungle huh that's pretty good who was yeah. in that one? Oh, geez um Gosh, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields, Brooke right? Shields, Kim Raver, and uh, Lindsay Bryce from 90210. Yeah. All right. I was mm -hmm. going to say that Sex and City might be a fun um, recap for you to do, but I don't know if you could make it through. Oh, you don't think I can handle it? Oh, I think I, I can. don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, we've I feel watching... like it's not your style. Oh, you think? Well, it know. is kind of, it is quippy and it is actually punny. So you might. I like that. You, you, you might get a good chuckle out of yeah. some of the one liners. Okay. All right. Uh, while we're talking on things that we watched, I just moments ago uh, got home from seeing Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, what do you, you think? Uh, well, I loved it. I thought it was it, thought it was super cool. I mean, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, some things was kind of like hard to avoid those spoilers, but like... Is it Tom Holland still? <laughs> yeah, Tom Holland. Zendaya? Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, really good, though. Really fun, especially if you're a longtime Spider-Man fan. Lots of, lots of fun little things in there. I feel like you and I saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie together. Am I making that up? I feel like we did. That feels right. I, mean, I would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the timing the timing would have been we right. We saw everything. I know. I know. But I feel like you and I saw Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man at the Bogar. How many did Tobey Maguire make? Three. So, I mean, you think we saw the first one? I think we did because I was like, Hillary and I were married by the time the third one came out. It was like 2006 or seven. But that first one. I think we saw it together. Was, was probably our prime, our, 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 our like, yeah. right in our sweet spot. Let's, when we were, let's lock know. it in that we saw it together. <laughs> okay. For here two, four. We'll just assume that that's true. Who's going to call what us year? on it? Who's going to call what us on it? What year was it? Gosh, 2001? 2001. Around there, 2001, 2002, possibly. So freshman, sophomore. You, were you in high school still? Yeah, you were. I graduated in 2001. I think it was just after I graduated or right around the time. I feel like we saw everything that was out I, that I year. I think we did so too. Yeah. You probably dragged me to it because yeah. you know, I'm not a big, not not not, not huge in the Spideyverse, but okay. I loved going to movies with you. Okay, all right. What was the last movie we saw together? We saw Coco. an anime. Yeah, I was gonna say the animated yeah. film together. Yeah, we saw Coco, and it's funny because I, I was just talking about this. The directors for our, our system, the Southern Tree Library system, we have this a diversity, equity, and inclusivity uh, group, and we do different book clubs and things. And we did a lot of books, and we were like, "Let's do a movie this time." And we talked. Uh, Coco was this month's pick, and so oh. we really like dug deep into Coco, and it reminded me how much I liked that movie and how much I love that soundtrack. I love. Yeah. I I was super impressed, and I don't really go to animated films that yeah. much, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we chose that one. We saw that right at the Grand Theater here in Wellsville, and then I went back the next year to see a film, and I don't remember why you weren't there, but Knives Out, maybe you'd already seen it or something. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I did see Knives Out at the Grand Theater in Wellsville, but I don't know why we wouldn't have seen it together. That feels like a betrayal. <laughs> well, I who, went with Hillary. Who, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I was going to say who betrayed whom, but now we know. <laughs> now we know it was you. 
I think you'd okay. already seen it or I think you were busy that night Possibly. and I it was too snowy. I'm Who knows? Busy, Who knows what the man. excuse is? Maybe you had to wash your hair. I'm a busy, I'm a busy man. Um, so I did read a few things. Okay. And uh, I'm going to tell you about them whether you want me to or not. And I want to hear. I want suggestions. Is, the thing is, I read some stuff that I didn't really like. I don't really have much positive to say. Keeping it up. Keeping it up. I know. I read A Slow Fire Burning by Paula Hawkins. She wrote Girl on the Train. Thumbs down. I liked Girl mm-hmm. on the Train. Didn't like this so much. It was a thriller. I found it hard to like keep the characters straight and by the time it resolved I was kind of like yeah okay whatever so I don't know mm-hmm. didn't do much for me I read Uncommon oh. Type by America's dad Tom Hanks oh I don't know I don't know I, I it was the most like adequate thing I've ever read I feel like I was like yes this is technically a story and this is technically decent writing but it was just so boring you know is Tom Hanks writing books now just the one and it's short stories okay. so you know, yeah, you know, it's a good, uh, uh, it's a, it's a good lead-in into writing a full book. I'd that's imagine. True. You're right. In the last episode, Allie was here, and we got to talking about Agatha Christie, and uh-huh. like I, I tend to like Agatha Christie plays, but I'm not a big fan of her books, and so I was like, I should give it another try. So I read Partners in Crime, which is the second in the Tommy and Tuppence series. Don't like it. It's not for me. That's uh, in Agatha Christie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. It's Tommy one of her, Tuppence. Tommy and Tuppence. Yes. It's one of her, I think there's, I want to say there's five books in that series. So it's not like, you know, 30, like Miss Marple or something. You know, but, yours truly just played in an Agatha Christie production here in Marshall around counts. Halloween. What was it? Murder on the Orient Express. Really? Were you, yes. who were you? An extra, I probably? Was... Yeah, I I was the train. Um, That's great. I, no, I got a real role this time. Um, I was Colonel Arbuthnot, so basically Sean Connery. Oh, who played that character in the new movie? Uh, Leslie Autumn Jr. Oh, okay. All right. And I didn't watch, I haven't seen either, but mostly because <laughs> when I was cast, yeah. mostly because when I was cast, I didn't want to be influenced. Sure. I feel and like. I remember, I remember when they asked me to play the part and I was thinking, oh, it's a British accent. I can pull that off. And then all of a sudden I'm reading the script and I thought, yeah. <laughs> uh, Scottish, not oh. quite British. So the second I kind of started reading the lines and I was going through it, I was like, oh, Shrek, Mike Myers. And oh. I just, you know, basically just imitated Shrek. Wow. That's and two, it came out. That's two Shrek references in this episode so far. Just you wait. I got more. I guess. Yeah. I got more I mean, on there the is back a Shrek burner. Christmas special, Shrek the Halls. Have you seen that? No. Oh. I'm not huge into Shrek, well, but I, I, mean, you, I do owe all of my performance to I him. I say you brought him up twice. I was in um, The Mousetrap. I was in The Mousetrap in college. Right. And I almost directed uh, Go Back for Murder, and then we ended up having to scrap it. I still have all the scripts. I love it. It's a good one. So you didn't go back for murder. I never. I did not. I chose not to go back for murder. Who did you play in Mousetrap? I was Trotter, Sergeant Trotter. Is that the the main guy? Is that the is, the yeah. Poirot character? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you done anything Christmassy? Yeah, actually, um, Marshall downtown had their uh, Christmas per uh, like they relaunched the Christmas parade this year. Last year, obviously, yeah. it was scrapped due to COVID, and this year they had it. And it they usually do it the Monday after Thanksgiving, 
and that day I was working at my computer and I looked outside and all of a sudden I saw the, saw the snow falling oh. very lately. And by the time the whole town came out for the parade, the snow was just like those big chunky snowflakes you see in movies. And yeah. it was like the perfect setting. Wow. It was like the perfect ambiance. It wasn't windy. It was cold, obviously, sure. but perfect weather and so many people downtown. It was just really, really lovely. It really got me in the spirit. I feel like Marshall should be Wellsville's like sister city because there's a lot of comparisons, I feel oh, like. Yeah. Uh, we also had a Christmas parade that was a lot of fun uh, that we went to. The weather was nice. We lit all the uh, the Lions Club does all the trees in the front uh, lawn of the library, which you've yeah, seen. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and they just looked great. They looked particularly good this year. So they, we did like a big tree lighting ceremony, and it was it was pretty good. Were you I, the Grand Marshal? No, no, just an observer, just an observer. Uh. I typically by this point would have read a lot more, I don't know, Christmas books or seen more Christmas movies. I've done shockingly few of those things. Well, I feel like you're pretty busy right now. That's You've true. got a lot of things going on. That's so. true. I have watched A Muppet's Family Christmas. Aw. And I read an, an Archie Christmas collection of Archie comics. Well, that counts. Yeah. Had we you all... seen A Muppet's Christmas Carol before? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> I used to have it on, uh, not Christmas Carol, A Muppet Family Christmas. It's, it's What's even, that one? It's even older. It's when uh, all the Muppets, like from the Muppet Show, decide they're going to go spend Christmas with Fozzie's mom, but she was planning on going to like the Bahamas for that <laughs> week. And then like Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock, all the, everybody shows up, and it's just this big. What? I used to have it on a VHS tape when I was a kid, and it's funny because that VHS tape had scenes that are not on the DVD because of song rights. What are you going to do? Is it? Uh, it's not a Christmas special, is it? That it kind of played on ABC or something back in oh, the day. Oh, I think it did. Yeah, I think that's exactly oh. what it was. Yeah. I can't believe I've not heard of or seen that one. Well, look it up. It's good stuff. It's there for me. Do it's you have that VHS stuff. still I can borrow? Boy, I wish I did. I do have the DVD, but I miss those songs. I got. I'd say. rather VHS. Too. Would you? Would you? Yeah. You're old. You're old school. I'm old school. Okay. When it comes to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We've got some time. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get a few more things in there. I gotta watch the Alistair Sim version of a Christmas Carol. Uh, I should watch Muppets Christmas Carol, obviously. Is Alistair Sim is that one of the older versions? It is old. Yeah. Yep. That's just like my go-to. Is there a Christmas movie that you have to see? It's like it's not Christmas unless you. I'll watch White Christmas, Christmas Eve. Um, I have my not family seen White will. Christmas. Ever? No, never. I feel like we probably talk about this every year. Maybe. So you have one more year mm-hmm. to, to uh, find, do, finally do before it. we do our next Maybe uh, this will be the year. Recording. Yeah, well, yeah. I won't hold my breath. Okay. But no, I think it's on I think it's on Netflix, so it's pretty accessible. Okay. Um, yeah, that's always the one I must see. And then while we, you know, hang out on Christmas Day, if a Christmas story happens to be playing on TBS, yep. I'll definitely catch that. Yep. That's good. Um, I'm kind of going through, like, I want to watch one of the new um, movies that, like, Netflix puts out or one of the oh, new Christmas movies. Oh, yes. So this year I want to watch Single All the Way next week before <laughs> Christmas. Have you heard of that one? No, but I love the title. That's my and favorite. I can- I, can you believe that has never been a Christmas movie no, yet? No, and I actually don't believe that. I feel like it probably has. It probably has, yeah. But that one looks cute. That's on Netflix, so I'll catch that next week. And, yeah, I'm kind of keeping it low-key. I'm not putting too yeah. much pressure on myself. Like, I have to do this this year. I want it to just be I – I want Christmas to wash over me the way it's supposed to. Perfect. I have watched one Hallmark Christmas movie this year. I don't actually think it was Hallmark, but it's that flavor. It's called A Kind-Hearted Christmas and my friend Kendra and I do this 90210 podcast together. And so every year we watch something that has a 90210 alum in it. So this starred Jenny Garth. 
and it's just like the most generically titled thing ever and it's about (laughs) her like doing these secret santa things and it uh she it gets the attention of this like tv newsman and of course they fall in love but she doesn't want him to know she's the secret santa right why do i remember from when i days jenny garth actually being a really good actor she is she is right and like we talk about that all the time and even in this movie which was like not a strong script she was really she was really getting everything out of it that she could i was impressed and that's the way i feel about sarah jessica parker Mm. i feel like in sex and the city she's so natural and nuanced and and i i would kind of liken jenny garth to being that sort of actor it's very natural very easy yeah i was tempted to just watch the Sex and the City reboot, even though I haven't seen the other things, because the previews keep looking so good, you know? You know what? You absolutely could. Is that true? Yeah. I don't think you really need to know much. The thing you need to know, and I don't know if you really are keeping up with the times and kind of the pop culture of it all, but Kim Cattrall, who was a main actor. Oh, I did hear about that. Right. There was a big uh, falling out when it came time for them to start filming, and I think it was a contractual issue, and there were a lot of hurt feelings. So they had to, like, majorly address the lack Uh, of the character Samantha in the friend group. And I I think they did a really good job. Oh, that's surprising. Covering. That's cool. Yeah, but it's also a little meta, the way they handle it. So Uh, so it might be a little shady. That's fun. Yeah. So that to see, I learned from our last episode that you might call that the tea, correct? Ah, I did just spill the tea. Yeah. yeah. And you're you you knew that you knew the tea ahead of time. This time. So. This time. Yeah. Maybe this yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. This uh, this has become one of my favorite Christmas traditions where we where we read these books. So I think Me we too. need. I think we need to get into our Christmas book club. I agree. All right, so what do you have for me this year, my friend? Okay, so the book that I decided, so when we were messaging about this and you said, you always give me free reign, which I love, and you're always like, (laughs) do you want me to decide for you? you... I'm a benevolent host here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you, you leave a long leash for me. Uh So you said that you're you're, you're trusting me more to make me a decision. So (laughs) when I was kind of um, going through like, uh, what I was doing, like uh, YouTube doom, doom scrolling. Okay. I came across an Aubrey Plaza interview that she was doing for her new children's book she wrote called um, The Christmas Witch. Have you seen any of these (laughs) interviews? No, no, no. They are so funny. So Aubrey Plaza is the actress from Parks Parks and Rec, Rec, right? April. Mm -hmm. And she comes like in a full witch hat and a witch cape to these interviews with like Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert and uh, like the morning show and stuff. And she's just like, she's actually like, acting like a witch and it's just so outrageous so she was really making me laugh and i was like huh witchy christmas and so she really sold me on that concept so i asked you if i could do kind of a witchy twist yeah you said absolutely so the book that i found is called the witch who stole christmas by dakota cassidy and it is part of a series of witchless in seattle witchless i love it i love it (laughs) that's so good if there's one for every holiday we have to do it I feel like you have a a bit of a history of picking some that are sort of like Snow Way Out, for example, your Snow Globe book, which was a Halloween book and not Christmassy at all, right there, Halloween. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you had, gosh, I can't remember what it was called, but there was one where it was ghosts, 
Do you remember? Mm-hmm. It was like a ghost I Christmas. I don't. I don't remember the name of it either, but I remember exactly what you were talking about. It was, uh, yeah, she had a ghost friend or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last so year, yeah, you were on point. Last year was uh, the 12 Slays of Christmas. Yes, and that was truly like Hallmark movie yeah. style, yeah. Hallmark-esque. And I'm, I haven't gotten over the fact that there weren't 12 killings in it, nor did it happen on the 12th day of Christmas. Listen, these Christmas books, they really set you up, and yeah. uh, they don't always deliver what you what you expect, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it is nice. It you is know? nice. What was your experience like reading this book? Um, it, it was a bit of a surprise again. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't exactly uh, what I expected again. Um, yeah, it actually focused a bit more on ghosts than witches uh, again. A, what a bait and switch. You know, know what? Bait just... and witch would actually be a pretty good title. I'm gonna at the end of this. I'm gonna read that? you. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna read you the whole series of, of the ten books of the witches titles. Live, listen, I live for these titles. We're starting <laughs> at the library. We're starting a new book club called Coffee and Cozies, where ten o'clock once a month in the morning we get a bunch of coffee and we read one of these cheesy cozy mysteries and that's it and i'm gonna have the time of my life in 2022 we need that we I do that's exactly what we need in we need it in this, we need it in this world yeah yeah <laughs> okay right, now what did what did you read well every year we have the same conversation where i'm like i want to read a christmas donut kind of book i want to mm-hmm. i want it to be set in a donut shop you know and I never can quite find what I'm looking for. That's why I went with apple cider slang last year. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, there's cider. There's probably donuts around. The one where the old lady got hit by a car and flew across the farm. Yes. Yes. And the first murder, the woman was put in an apple press, which is horrific. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. So you have a theme, too. <laughs> I, apparently I do. So this year I went with uh, Christmas Donut Murder. That's literally hey. what it's called. Christmas Donut Murder. It is book 31. Book 31 in a Donut Hole Cozy Mystery Series by Susan Gillard. And you just stumbled upon it this year? Well, I'd seen it before, but you could you could only get it digitally. Like, nobody, nobody in the library had it. And I wanted to do one that we had in our collection so that people could check it out afterwards. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want to do one that, like, nobody could ever read. Uh, so we did get a print copy of this one just in time. And so I did it. And it is the jankiest printing I've ever seen in my life. There is absolutely nothing written on the spine. The back is completely blank. Oh my gosh, it looks like a manual. I know. And the front of it just has a picture of a Christmas donut. The margins in this look like I wrote this in seventh grade trying to get past a page limit. Can you can you see this? Oh my gosh, it's a, it looks like a poem. It's like a full inch. I feel like this was designed to scroll on a phone. Um, but... It was a Christmas donut murder mystery, and I so that's what I wanted. That's what I got. So this book will make it under the shelves at the David A. Oh, it's already Library. there. I checked it out. Oh, yeah. See that barcode? Uh, See that uh-huh. new mystery sticker? <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Off the shelf. And you can find all the books I've read are available at the David A. Oh, okay, Library. but not mine. <laughs> mine are not making it. Well, yours the... have all been digital. Yours have all been digital. You haven't read like a print one yet. So sue me. So actually, this digital book that I have, yes. or this digital book holder that I have, I found this little note that um, you wrote to me, and it said, "What does it say?" It says, "Bo, read for the stars." Love Nick, <laughs> David A. Howe. Public- <laughs> when did I do that? I don't remember, but I keep it in my little... That's hilarious. Here. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it 
Um, yeah. I so I'm, I'll tell you right from the get go. I had a I had a good time reading this book. You yeah. know, don't don't take that as an endorsement of like it's an amazingly written book and something everybody should run out and read. But oh no no no, I'm proceeding with caution. I'm I had a pleasant it. experience with this book, and I would like to tell you a little bit about it right now. Yes, please. Okay. So we start in a donut shop called Donut Delight. Everything here is real basic. That's the thing. It's real basic. There's so this is book thirty. The way I like it. I want to say there are sixty of these, and then the main characters move to like a seaside town, and there's another like fifty of these. So, and Susan Gillard, the author, is a ghost. I tried to find any information about her online. I tried to so maybe I can interview her for the podcast. Maybe she exists. Maybe she doesn't. You know what I mean? Maybe these are just written by some algorithm. I truly don't know. But you, so you have uh, you have Donut Delight, which is run by a woman named Heather Shepard. She's got her friend Amy or Ames Givens, and they're just uh, they're having their best their best time in this donut shop. Uh, their donut for the season is a vanilla based. It's filled with juicy cranberries and topped with white or chocolate almond glaze, topped with red and green sprinkles. How does that sound? A lot. That sounds like a lot. I'm not sure. I mean, I like cranberries. I'm not sure about the cranberries in this donut. Yeah, it just sounds like too many flavor profiles. It's a lot. Yeah. I feel like the almond was the plus one. I don't know that yes. I, I don't know if almond like cranberry vanilla sure almond I don't know because almond doesn't need a whole lot no, with it, it like almond's pretty strong on its own no it doesn't here's one disappointing thing about this book the amount that you and I have talked about the making of this donut is more than any donut is talked about in the entirety of the book wait a second there are no recipes there are no like here let me explain this donut to you in detail it's just they could they could work in a in a mechanic shop for all that the donuts have bearing, <laughs> so it's not one of those things where it's like you you finish reading and you're like I gotta get me a donut. It's not like that at all. Did you say the whole series is takes place in this donut shop? It's all donut centric. Yes, and then not. like then like after book sixty, it moves to a seaside town where they also have a donut shop. But yeah, no recipes, no nothing. I was really surprised by that. And on a Christmas book too. I like, know. I know. Now's the time. I know. So anyway, Heather and Amy are just like chilling in this donut delight shop. And suddenly people start whispering about this thing that happened. Somebody pulls out a paper and there is a <laughs> there's a murder of a local entrepreneur whose name is Victor Hardbody. Mm, Victor I'm listening. <laughs> Victor Hardbody has been murdered and Heather is furious because she's learning about this secondhand. She feels like she should have been called in from the beginning. Because apparently, not only is she a donut chef, she's a regular <laughs> consultant for the local police department. They call her in on this kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, for yes, sure. yes. So she calls Detective Ryan, uh, and he explains that he just thought she had too much on her plate with Christmas and the donut store being busy. He didn't want to stress her out. And she's like, well, you know what? I am on in this case now, so you better just hire me. And it all works out because they're married. They're married to each other. Before the story started? Yes, it starts. You don't. Re- I mean, I didn't know that going in because I haven't read books 1 through 30. But Heather and uh, Ryan Shepard are married. She's the local donut shop and police consultant. He's the local detective. 
well, okay, all yeah. right, all right. So they must have had that romance that I was hoping for in this book prior, in prior books prior. I think so. Because okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's the basic setup. Victor Hardbody's been murdered. Heather's on the case with her husband, Detective Shepard. Okay. So take me into uh, I forgot the title already. A witch Christmas. A witch's Christmas. How the witch stole Christmas. How the witch stole Christmas. How the witch stole the title of this book. Right. Um, so very similar. I'm gonna say we're kind of we're, we're gonna find some similarities here. All right. The same thing happened last year. Go on. I love it. So we're following our our primary character's name is Stevie Cartwright, okay. who I believe maybe is Stephanie Cartwright, oh, but people call her Stevie sure, in town. Sure. This takes place in Ebenezer Falls, Washington, I just outside it. of Seattle. I love it. Which lives in Seattle. Yeah. Stevie is you now. You spent much remember, time in Seattle. This is off topic. Have I've you? been I've been once. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Um, I went for a conference, but it was like a week long thing, so I felt like you know I really oh, got to like take in the sights and stuff. Saw mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez. <laughs> where uh he was do he did this film recently that he direct well it's been a couple of years now called the public that's set in public libraries and he did a screening of the movie because he wanted our feedback he wanted us to be like oh you didn't just see him at the starbucks no 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 uh-huh. so i would yeah and so it was like he did this screening and he watched it with us and then he was like did this seem real is this like how libraries work you know so it was cool it was fun <laughs> that's cool yeah Love Emilio. Yeah, he didn't say anything to me about the uh, Mighty Ducks reboot that he's doing. Oh, how dare he? I know. I know. That's all anybody really cared about. It's true. And you know what? I think he also got fired from that because of COVID restrictions. So Which one, Mighty Ducks? Do, yeah, do with that what you will. He's not coming back for season two. I didn't mean to break news on this podcast, but that's a fact. I won't do anything with that news. Okay. I won't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but thanks anyway. Yeah, okay. All right. I accept your tea. Yes. I accept it. Yeah. I just don't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. All so, right. So we're uh, out we're outside of Seattle, Ebenezer Falls. Ebenezer Falls. So Stevie Cartwright is an ex witch. Now you have to remember this is book five, right? Okay. okay. So this is book five. So yeah. we're smack dab in the middle of this series. Okay. So inexplicably lost her powers in a prior book. She's not a witch anymore. She's no longer a witch, but she's still oh. kind of Okay, sorry. So it's not a bite. She didn't like retire. No, no, no. She lost her Something powers. Something happened. Oh, okay. He had a fight with a warlock whose name, oh. let me get into my notes section of my iPhone, because you know I wrote it. There are no less than 20 characters in this book, oh, so let me get through this. Yeah. Yeah, bad sign, right? So she lost her powers in a big battle with Adam Westfield, a, Adam a, a renowned um, warlock, warlock who stole her powers. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of him, but okay. <laughs> I know. When I, when I heard Adam Westfield, I was like, oh, yeah, Batman. Yeah. But that's, that's It's Adam. just Adam West. Adam, Adam West. West. Look at you with your pop culture knowledge. Good for but you. But that's who I'm picturing. Yeah. Adam Westfield. Yeah. So that, that'll paint you a picture. Here's one more step. Adam Warlock, prominent Marvel character. Oh. So, I don't, and I can't picture him, but I'm still picturing Adam West. Yeah. Yeah. The late, great Adam West. And we lost Aww. him not too long ago. Yeah. That's as far as my Batman knowledge goes. That's fine. And Eartha Kitt? Yeah. She was there. There yep. we go. Who was the other one? Julie Newmar? Julie Newmar. One? Yep. And also Lee Merriweather played Catwoman in the movie. Uh, Eartha Kitt has that version of Santa Baby that I have I hear a million times during the Christmas season. Have you heard that yet? Save a save a under the tree for me. <laughs> it's like she's here. It's like she's here in the room. Santa Baby. <laughs> I think Adam Westfield conjured her up. 
<laughs> uh, at a Morlock Westfield. Maybe. So, okay, so it starts out in, um, she has this kind of, alt, not alter ego, but her job in town is a medium. So she yeah. has like a medium shop. So come in and find your dead relative. But here's the, here's, here's the twist. Yeah. She's not actually pulling these ghosts out so basically something happened in prior books that i don't have much knowledge about but she has two friends named win um it's short for Winterbottom. he's a british a british <laughs> fellow okay. and arcady who's okay. a russian, arcady. russian accent and they're both ghosts okay okay so they're her friends so somehow she has these two ghosts who were spies in another life, but they're her friends okay so she calls on them to get the ghost of whoever's asking for a reading into the room so basically they pull the ghost in they whisper and translate what the ghost is saying to her and okay she, like, she feeds the information so that's how we start so basically yes. she has this like this this kind of sham business okay she's no longer a witch so she's just you know resting on her laurels which yeah. is the fact that she has these two ghosts that sure. her around yeah and basically, um, something she had a relationship with Wynn went to Baltimore back in the day, and he <laughs> left her all of his money. Uh -huh. So she's loaded. She lives in this Santa baby, give the devil under the tree. <laughs> and I, so basically, he left her all this money. She lives in this mansion in Ebenezer Falls, and she doesn't really need to work. But what she does with this business is she takes the money and she gives it to charities in the area. So it's all okay. very like philanthropic. Sure. So after her reading, she uh, is driving home up to um, some sound. She lives off some sound. So she's up on a hill and um, she's rounding the corner. She's about to um, sub she's about to open up her home to this big Christmas decorating contest. So oh. she has entered in this contest. She's she had um, this guy named Enzo there putting all the final touches on. And I'm loving these names. Enzo. Yeah. Like oh, they that. get they get more wild. Just I'm, gonna have, okay. I'm, I'm gonna ask you for some pronunciations. Here, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even confident I've given any of the right pronunciations, <laughs> pronunciations so far. Winterbottom. Winterbottom. And her assistant Bell is at home letting all the vendors in and everything. Okay. And we learn later that Bell is a bat. Uh, she's a bat. Bell free. He is a bat. Oh. Yeah. Her assistant. And not. So he's just like, he's not like a vampire or something that could turn into a bat. He's just a bat full time. Right. And he's what they call a familiar. Have you ever heard of that sure, term? Yeah. Okay. So that's the witch's sidekick is Bell. Bell Belfry. It's just bats. I feel like bats would be a particularly bad assistant just because of the way, like they have to stay in flight. Bats can't hover or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, or so, let in vendors to your house. Right, exactly. Like, oh, so if she was like, Belle, can you bring me a pen or something? I don't know if he could. Listen, Belle is sending emails for this chick. Wow. Well, maybe <laughs> so, with Bluetooth. Maybe it's a Bluetooth thing. There we go, yeah. This was know. written in 2016, so we had Bluetooth then. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. So she's rounding the corner, and she's going to pull up and see her house all fabulously lit up and everything. And what does she see? A big, giant Easter bunny on top of her house pooping no. out eggs. What? She's seeing people on a balcony, these strippers on stripper poles throwing Mardi Gras beads. And this nativity scene that she had set out is turned into a cemetery. Oh. Something's happening. Yeah. Something is not right. Wow. And she is freaking I'm sorry. You said that I was going to see a lot of similarities to my book. And so far we have a bat who's a personal <laughs> assistant and a giant rabbit pooping eggs into a cemetery. 
maybe she was eating a donut. <laughs> well, that would I forget, connect. Did I forget it. to mention that? Would that. connect it. Okay. okay, so something's well, something's amiss. Something's amiss. Okay. Um, All right. Well, uh, back in Christmas Donut Murder, uh, we jump. It's a hard cut. Okay, so this book. Uh, what's your page count? It's not a competition, but what's your page count? Well, <laughs> technically 150, but uh, it says 163 because she has a bit of her oh, next book I as see. a preview. Sometimes those digital pages, like in print, that would probably be longer. Mine is the exact opposite of that, though. Mine is 211 pages, but as I mentioned before, there's like three <laughs> words per line because of these <laughs> yeah. margins. So this is right. generously a novella. But there is nothing between scenes. It's like something happens and the next scene is already happening. There's no wasted time here in the Christmas Donut murder. So we cut right from Heather being upset about not being called in to being arriving at the scene with her husband. Whoa. A lot of times, who is a detective? A lot of times in this book, there's a character who pops in, and I think that's probably relevant to other things. And that's the first thing we do here. Officer Hoskins is there already. And he's just got kind of an attitude with Heather. And she's like, is it because I, like, he doesn't think I should be here as a consultant? Is he being sexist because I'm a woman? Or is Isn't he... that his, her, that's not her husband? No, no. Her husband is, is Ryan Shepard, who's the detective. Officer Hoskins is the officer on scene. Gotcha. Yes. So she's like, is he sexist? Is he just mad because I didn't bring donuts? And I think it is because he didn't bring donuts. That's why she's mad. <laughs> we jump right to the crime scene. And Victor, hard body has been strangled in the basement with a string of Christmas lights. I love it. So he's got he's got burns on his neck from where it shorted out. Uh, the doors were all locked, uh, and one of the windows was broken, but when they go and inspect it, the glass is out. So somebody broke it from inside. So that's not a way that somebody got in here. Right, uh, okay. And Victor has the only key to the back door on him. It's like in his pocket. So it's a question of like, how did somebody get in here? How did this murder happen? very confused um they go right to who the other suspects are who the people in the house are so we have junior hardbody kenny hardbody and jennifer softy hardbody excuse me yeah junior hardbody kenny hardbody and softy hardbody was that his wife his wife okay yeah so heather interviews kenny first and again boom 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 he doesn't really have much sympathy. He's like, well, you know, Junior and Dad had beef because Dad wanted Junior to be an electrical engineer, and that's what Kenny does. So it's kind of like Junior's the problem here. And mm-hmm. they say the brothers were in the room together upstairs, Softy was upstairs, and that's it. So they don't know what happened. None of them were with him. But Heather notices when Kenny lifts his hand, he has a burn on his hand. Ooh, and from Victor, a Christmas light? Maybe, because Victor had the burns on his neck. Kenny says that he was just had a hankering for waffles and burnt his hand on a waffle maker. Oh, okay, so it can't be him. Right, rule that out right away. <laughs> Though I would say uh, an electrical burn from something like a, wa- a waffle iron versus an electrical burn would be pretty different. <laughs> yeah, so. you'd see actually like the waffle print yeah, on the hand. probably would, yeah. Or like in the office when Michael steps on that uh, the waffle iron when he gets out of bed. Did you watch The Office? Um, I've seen select episodes, not wow. that one. That was a blow off. That was a blow off. I do enjoy it. I okay. just, you know, there's a lot going on right now. All right. Well, that's the end of the scene at the hard bodies. So I want to know what's happening here with your rabbit poop. Well, I'm sure we will cut very sharply to your next. We scene will. After yeah. That one. 
Um, okay, so she pulls up and it's chaos. Like nothing is as she planned it. And she, like, like I said, she's freaking out. So the judges are going to be there any minute and she can't show this display. So I just have a question. Is it, a, is it, is it magic? Like is something magical happening here or are they just decorated incorrectly? I don't know. Oh, okay. that's the mystery. Sorry, I mean to get ahead. All right. Because the thing is, when she left the house two hours before, you know, before this happened, when yeah. she went to go do that reading, everything was set up. Everything yeah. was so it was a very quick turnaround to put that big giant Easter bunny right, on the right, roof, right. to put um, the nativity to take the nativity scene out. Um, there's like little ghost things floating around. So there's a lot of different holidays happening. I think that's the idea. It's okay. not just Christmas centric. Right. So she runs inside. She's like, Belfry, what happened? But Belfry? <gasps> Belfry. Oh, no. Belfry. Belfry. She's freaking out. She can't find her bad assistant. Well, bats are nocturnal. Is this during the day or night? Cause he it's could at be... night. Okay. Then he should be awake. He should be yeah, awake. Yeah, he should be awake because yeah. it's prime time. So she doesn't know what's going on. All of a sudden, what happens? The judges show up. <gasps> and they are mortified. I Because mean, like I said, there's these like strippers inexplicably on <laughs> the balcony. I don't remember saying strippers, but okay. I did. They're throwing oh. Mardi Gras beads. Okay. And they're throwing them at the judges and stuff. And they then there's are throwing a bunch the of... beads. Yes. The, the strippers are throwing the beads. Okay. <laughs> right. so then maybe you pick them up and throw them back. And then I they guess. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. It's, just... it's okay. a backwards Mardi Gras. Party. I guess. Okay. And then there's also these people that are on the lawn playing volleyball that are half naked. So uh-huh. instead of carolers, she has like a beach party happening on her lawn too. Wow. So very, very, very random things happening. And um, she just doesn't have time to process it, obviously. It feels like kind of a horny holiday scene that you've got going it on It starts here. pretty, it starts real horny and it, <laughs> it ends there. I'll just, <laughs> that's about as horny oh, as Oh, and just like that. And know? just like that, it set me up for success. Yeah. So she runs inside. She brings everybody inside to try and explain what's happening. Okay. And, and they're, she's like, okay, well, like, at least come in to see my display inside because everything's where it should be. Okay. And right in front of the Christmas tree, there's a beautiful spread of desserts. Oh. From a French chef that just moved into the area called Pascal. Okay. Lune. Pascal okay. Lejeune. Okay. Pascal Lejeune is his name. All right. Fancy pastry chef that just moved into town for some reason. Mm-hmm. And what she noticed was a beautiful opera cake. Opera cake? Have you ever heard of that? You're saying an opera cake. Yes, like an opera cake. (laughs) Like a cake. The cake that represents a specific opera or just? Um, I'm guessing it's some sort of dessert. Some sort of delicacy that's known in the fancy dessert world. Oh, opera okay. cake. An opera cake. I, I know. I, w- I should have looked that up before, yeah. too. Okay. I should have okay. brought you some opera cake. I would. Yeah, I would take one. So, well, just you wait. <laughs> she notices this opera cake has a bite out of it. Okay. And there's a note underneath from Chef uh, Pascal Lejeune saying... I know this is a really hard time for you, so I wanted to give you something um, to treat yourself. Hard time meaning like you've you really lost her stress. Okay. Yeah, you've been, well, no, nobody knows she's a witch. Oh, because you're really stressed design, designing okay, this house. Okay. Yeah. You're, she's a secret nobody, witch. Nobody knows she's a witch. Oh. Well, yeah. she's kind of not. Well, she's not. Point. So now she's a, a fake medium. Okay. She's a has been. Yeah, she's a small. <laughs> and um, so, right when she notices the cake, we hear a scream. We run outside to find out where the screen came from, and it's one of the judges, and she's standing in front of the nativity scene turned cemetery, and what do we see there? The dead body of Chef Pascal Lejeune. What? He was He's just dead. He was just alive. 
Well, he had written her a note oh. um, before she arrived. Oh, I see. I say, see. Like saying, "This is for you." That's the, okay. It was a note. It was a note. Okay. But the big question is, why was he there? Yeah. Like, why was he setting up? He shouldn't have been setting up. His sure. They have assistants for that. That doesn't make any sense. Are now is his assistant a bat as well, or does he have like a? No, his assistant is a human. Human man. being. Human man. Yeah. Enzo, or is that someone different? Edmund. Edmund. Not to be confused with Enzo or Edward. This is my biggest pet peeve books with similarly named characters i can't and 20 of them i can't with it okay well back at donut delights ryan who's heather's detective husband brings a dossier on the hard bodies all about what's going on with the hard body family turns out jennifer aka softy has hired a pi to tail victor uh, but nothing was actually going on. The PI was like, yeah, he seems like a decent, you know, hardworking guy. He's not having an affair or anything like that. But apparently Jen, and this is this is where it feels a little bit like, oh, an old person wrote this. Jen has been trading Bitcoin on the dark web. Wait, excuse me. So that all those words were written in that book? Yes, yes. Okay. And that Bitcoin is pretty much web. the extent of it. Like, we never really get deeply into what she was no. doing. It's just she was, she was, she was trading Bitcoin on the dark web, which drew the attention of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations. So this this author was googling. Yeah, what's hot? Cryptocurrency. <laughs> Cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. She follows Elon Musk on Twitter, and this is what she got from it. So. The FBI is coming to town, and this is like a big deal because the FBI is basically going to take jurisdiction. And already, Heather was a donut chef, so she didn't really have much jurisdiction anyway. She just was hired as a consultant. consultant. She was a consultant. And so they all realize, well, as soon as the FBI shows up, we're not going to be able to do anything with this case. So Heather's like, we need to go and interview Softy Hardbody pronto. I can't with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's what her name is. Softy. So they go and they interview Jennifer. I'll call her Jennifer if that makes you feel better. Um, It doesn't add too much. She's like, I don't know anything. The boys were somewhere else. I don't know what's going on. As she's gesticulating, though, we see she also has a burn on her hand. A burn on her hand. She says it's from a curling iron. That family needs to be more careful. They really do. Yeah, just basic safety needs to be observed. So this interview is going on right in the middle, but FBI agent Orchard, Agent Orchard shows up and clashes with Heather right away. Like they hate each other. Well, who does she think she is? Who does she think she is? She's a donut chef. She's a donut chef. And the interview's over. That's it. Heather can't, she can't touch the case. That's it. She's off the case. Uh, she's got to turn in her flour, <laughs> whatever you need to make donuts. <laughs> Be a consultant, and just like that, she's, she's gotta, just a she's just a donut maker. She's got to turn it in. Then we have a little interlude here, where Heather and Amy are just hanging Ames. out. Ames, Heather and Ames are just hanging out, and they've got a bunch of Christmas DVDs. They're real into physical media in this book. Uh, they got a bunch of DVDs. They're watching a Charlie Brown Christmas, talking about how frustrating it is that Agent Orchard came in and threw everything off. Ugh. So they're hanging out with their dog, Dave, and the cat, whose name is Cupcake. Okay. And that's it. You. That's it for that. That's that's a whole scene? That's they're a just... whole scene, yeah. And I, I will say that 
the Christmas of it all. I mean, yes, they had a Christmas donut in the beginning. Um, there are a few scenes where they're like, it is Christmas. Uh, and he was murdered with Christmas lights. So those, right. those three things are facts. Right. That being said, it's decidedly un-Christmassy throughout. What town are we in? I'm not sure. I was wondering uh, that, too. And I don't think they really get it. I mean, it's called Hillside, but they're not like Hillside, Nebraska. So it's uh, probably established in some books, but I don't know. But it's not. Is it snowy? It's not snowy. Hmm. It's it's rainy a lot of times. Uh, but it's Oh, maybe never, they're in Seattle. They could be. Maybe we're, maybe we're in Ebenezer Falls. Maybe. Next town um, But it doesn't do any of those things. It just kind of every once in a while is like, and plus it's Christmas right now. So yeah. Not super Christmassy. And that's pretty much it till we get into the next step here. All right. Well, so we just found the dead body of Chef Pascal Lejeune. Lejeune. Yes. So they bring everybody inside. They call the police and very promptly three police people come. So oh. we got, um, so we've got the, the hunky detective. Cool. We've got the hard, um, hard as nails uh, cop named uh, Sandwich. Sandwich. That's what, that's what we call. That's what we call him, Sandwich. Huh. And then we. You know what? The... Your cop's name is Sandwich. My cop's name is Orchard. So okay, there's a similarity. We got kind of a food esque. I don't know. A loose theme going yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And then the newbie on the scene is Dana. She's a new cop from Maine. So she oh. just moved to the area. Dana from Maine. Dana from Maine. And they come and like already we're very familiar with them. The okay. reason being because Stevie Cartwright has solved every murder mystery in Ebenezer Falls for the past few years. Because of her witch powers? Because of her witch powers okay. and because she's just everything always centers around her because for some reason um, she's very centrally involved in all these mysteries. So oh, they had just solved the murder six months prior. Okay. So she can't get a break. Right, no. Like, people are dying left and right around yeah, her. And, like and the cops always come, they're like, hey, Stevie, like, who did it? So basically, they rely on her a lot to solve. So you could say she's a consultant. I guess she could be, yeah. So that's the similarity there, is that Stevie's always centrally um, involved in the plot of these crimes and murders and pretty much always solves them so i've i have a good feeling that, now uh, i don't think that heather is a witch but there were 30 books prior to this so she was a witch for the first five that still would leave 25 books in between of her not being a witch so i'm not ruling it out yeah no i'm sure in the next way well, you said there's 60 total so, well, 60 just with this and then it switches to another setting so yeah she's got she's got to be a witch in one of those that much content sooner or later you got to get into the dark arts <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> well that's why i appreciate uh dakota cassidy because she just went all in she said witches yeah. 10 books of witches witches and ghosts yeah. witchless here yeah, yeah mostly just ghosts um so after the police kind of question her and we kind of meet them and stuff and like you know they're checking out the scene we meet uh P P now this is where i need your help p-e-t-u-l-a petula petula, petula? Like, like petula clark petula thank you yeah. why did that not even ring that that did not cross did, my mind didn't ring your christmas bells petula <laughs> petula <laughs> Um, who owns the bakery that Chef Lejeune came um, to deliver, I guess. Okay, okay. For some reason came to deliver yeah. his goodies. And she's just, like, broken up. She's so distraught. Oh, they were close. Um, they were very Oh, close. oh. Yes. But he's a bat. 
No, Belfry's the oh, bad. Okay. He's just, yeah. okay. No, I, chef, the chef is a I man. The chef is a French sure. man. I just no, want to make sure. Listen, we're only eight characters in. We have like 12. Oh, you have a lot? Okay. So she's distraught. She lost her lover. Oh. And she had just found out that he is actually married. Eek. So she wasn't the only one. Wow. But she's really, really distraught. That Ask some questions of your partner. You know what I mean? We'll get there. Oh, you know, okay. we'll figure it out. Let's just da- jump right in. That's why she hired him because she was yeah. so hunky and hot for him. Oh. <laughs> so she just went. She led with her, okay. you know, her impulses. Yeah. And and this is where this is where it led us to. So have you ever lover. dated a chef or baker or a candlestick maker? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have not actually, and I think that I would be very open to that because I have a massive sweet tooth. Oh, okay. Although I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that, that could be a, the, 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 a lot so the, of early the, mornings probably. Right. Which I'm not very good at. Yeah. I feel like somebody, anyone that's like that obsessed with creating food must have some, um, I don't know, some personality disorders. Probably. And I, I have to assume that you would not be number one on the priority list. Exactly. I wouldn't be one on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like while that could be romantic, I think after a while I get, you know, tired of it. Yeah. But who's to say? Who's to say? Everyone's yeah. different. You got to let you got to open yourself up to love. I know. And I am. I'm good. very open That's to good. love That's and good. baked goods. Uh-huh. So so we find So we meet uh, Petula. She's distraught. We meet the cops. Um all this madness is happening but god we got to find out where bell is like yeah. i gotta get these people out of the house gotta get these people out of the house so she sees out of the corner of her eye ralph who's one of the judges okay is picking up the opera cake <laughs> okay and she's calling back she said oh my god oh my god there's a bite taken out of it what did i see on chef lejeune's face i saw crumbs <gasps> in the corner of his mouth so maybe he was poisoned <sighs> And maybe he was poisoned. Oh. So she's running. She says, Ralph, don't eat that. She tries to grab it from Ralph. She struggles to get it out of Ralph's hands. They fall into the Christmas tree. Yeah. And a, just a bunch of chaos happens. And Ralph breaks his leg. Oh. <laughs> so he really took a tumble. He did. But she got the cake out of his hand. And she saved the day. So basically, all right, enough's enough. Too much chaos has happened. We got to get everybody out of the house. We get everybody out of the house. And she can finally take a breath. It's so. possible that it was not poison. If you have a bat running loose in an area where food is being prepared. Bats you're, obsessed. Are, you're obsessed with this bat. Bats are so unsanitary. Have you, have you ever had a bat stuck in your house? Oh my gosh. Do you not know the story of the bats stuck in my house? I feel like I do, but remind me. This has been many years ago now. We were doing work on the upstairs in our house, and I, I guess bats were getting in. And one night, my wife and I were asleep. And I woke up because I was like, what, what, are I, what am I hearing? I thought I heard like a little squeak. And I turned on the lights. I looked all around. Nothing. I can't find anything. Go to sleep. Um, hours later, I wake up in just chaos because my wife is like, Bleh! you know, and like falling out of bed because a bat has crawled onto her face and starts like flapping its wings. Ah! She woke up with a bat flapping its wings on her face. And so... We can't, we like take, you know, I like wrap up the sheets with the bat inside of it, just like throw it out of the house. The bat flies away, which was mistake number one, because the bat was on her face and we were in bed together. We had to go and get rabies shots. Oh, no. And it was a, br- it was painful. It was a, it was a painful rabies shot. 
Uh, yeah, and so that's how I can tell you. You got bats in the room with you. You got to be careful. Was did they draw blood? No, we another one of us got bit, but like because it was on Hillary's face. I mean, it could have whatever. I know. cannot imagine yeah. waking up and finding a bat on somebody's face, yeah. or waking up and having a bat on my face. Yeah, that is. Yeah. <gasps> it was a night. Yeah, I did refined. not sleep soundly for a while because every sound I heard, I'd wake up and be like, "It's happening!" But. <laughs> Just the one. Oh, no. Bats also have really like razor sharp little teeth, so like she could have gotten bit and wouldn't really have known it. So, how long was it? Did it just land on her face and then she woke up right Must away, have, or was it yeah. just like sitting there for a while? <laughs> I was smoking a cigarette, <laughs> had a Reader's Digest. It had been there for a while. Yeah, then <laughs> yeah. the baby. Yeah, he was. Uh. He was looking for work as someone's personal assistant. So, you know. Had we been in the right state of mind, we could have hired him. But yeah, well, you know, apparently they send mad emails. So. I guess, I guess they do. Uh, I've lost track. Do you want me to tell you uh, what's happening next in mine? Absolutely. Okay. So we we get the dossier. We have our little Christmas scene where they watch the Charlie Brown Christmas on DVD, and then they're like, "Okay, we got to figure out a little bit more of this before the FBI fully takes over the case." They're still tying up some loose ends. So Ryan is there. And Heather tags along with him to the Hardbody residence. And she's like, even though I'm not supposed to, I'm going to poke around this place. And she finds her way to Junior's room, Junior Hardbody. Mm-hmm. She goes to his room, all sorts of like drawings on the wall. He's clearly like, so it's kind of dark art, you know. Mm. Uh, and she finds his journal and she starts leafing through it. And we find that he hates his father, but he loves art. He loves his art. He wants to pursue art. And his father just like, won't have it really hates the dad. He needs to be an electrician. Uh, He does. So junior catches her with the journal and he's just kind of awkward. I feel like he's more like just socially awkward than anything. And so they have kind of a weird exchange. Uh, And he's like, Hey, look, I don't care. I don't need my dad's approval. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm, I'm, I don't need this, you know. And he's like, if you don't trust me, go and look at the security footage, which is new information that there's apparently security footage. Uh, yeah, that would have helped inside the house. And so okay. they're, they're going to go and, and figure that out. Um, back at Donut Delights, Ryan has some new info to share. Apparently, there were no prints in the basement, like no prints, not their prints, no one's prints. So somebody has like really wiped this place clean. Okay, but. We did find DNA from two men, not enough to match it to anything, but the samples they have were, it was clear enough that it was two men. So DNA from what? I don't know. I don't know if it's like blood or, or whatever, but like there's DNA. It, this was in the basement? In the basement, yeah, with, the, with Victor. Okay. Yeah. I think on his, like on his person, there was DNA. Uh, so now... Now we get one more thing. Ryan finds out that there's a Mr. Johnson from the Johnson Company, so very specific, had written an angry letter to Victor about money that was owned. And it turns out Mr. Johnson arrived in town the day that Victor was murdered, and he's staying at the Wayside Inn. Johnson of Johnson and Johnson, Johnson and Johnson? Just one Johnson. Just just like the one J&J shot. Just have hey one and done. Don't knock yeah. it till you try it. Is that and what you I got? Did. What vaccine did you get? I did. did you I got your, the J and J. Did you get yourself boosted yet? The, the Bobo J and J. I did get a, a booster three weeks ago. I yeah. got the Pfizer. Oh okay. How about I, you? I've, I've been Moderna all the way. Yep. Yeah. Two shots forever ago, and then my wife and I just got boosted, and she got pretty sick. 
Oh, from the booster. It was like a one day thing and then like totally fine. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have any kind of residual. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's where we are. We got this new mystery man in town who's at the wayside inn. We don't have prints. Something crazy is going on. But we have male DNA. Male DNA. Two two men. Two male DNAs. Yep. Okay. And no donuts. <laughs> no do- very All few right. donuts. Very few donuts. Very few mentions oh, of Christmas. All right, they're bad. This better wrap up with a donut because I'm getting, yeah, getting hungry. So, so we left off. We kicked everyone out of our house, and it, she's just distraught. She can't find him. He's gone. She, something. She has a really bad feeling about this. Oh, like somehow, yeah. So somehow the ghost convinced her. Her ghost friends have been there the whole time. To su- they're supporting her, and they said, "Let's just go to sleep. You need to be rested. We'll figure this out tomorrow." So she goes to sleep. She wakes up. Said, "Today, I'm going to make some calls." You know. So she said, I'm going to call the company, the catering company that um, was going to, or the staffing company that was supposed to hire Victorian carolers who turned strippers oh. and volleyball players. And there that's, was a, you know what though? I mean, that's, that's eclectic. You know, if you got hired in there, I mean, you could pull that off. You could do all those things. I could do both. Yeah. yeah. I'm versatile. Like yeah. I can yeah, sing, yeah, yeah. I can, I could play your Freddie Einsford Hill. Uh-huh. I could play um, some beach bum in Mamma Mia. I yeah. can do it all. I bet you could. So yeah, I mean, some of those kids got really lucky. They, they, I'm sure somebody got booted. Somebody was like, you know what, you're not, you're not beach ready. Didn't make you can't go out there, Didn't right? So, the so they noticed in the notes the person that um, canceled it and said they wanted strippers as opposed to carolers that it was signed Bell. Signed. <laughs> yeah. Signed so, Bell. Okay. Yeah. So so Bell Free uh-huh. had made the 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 switch over. Apparently, he made the cut. Right. No, Belfry had made the change. Right. He's trying to figure out who changed the details of these decorations. And Bell was his name assigned to it. So okay, somebody I'm, other. I'm, I'm so sorry. Is he having like full conversations with people? Is he just any? It was the email he, only. He can. He can talk. He could talk. OK. He could but talk. this was an email. This was an email. Okay. that was like, well, that's hey, fine. Need, I just need to know. need carolers or however bats tap. I was going to say you're miming type. typing, but I don't. Yeah. Or maybe he's like. It could know. be, yeah. Get Bob Hillary in here. Ask. She's an expert. Yeah, she can speak. She can speak to them. Commune with them now. No, I don't want to put her through that time again. I don't think you should. That's really, that's horrific. It's pretty bad. So, um, so basically, um, Belfry had supposedly made all these changes. She's trying to figure out, like, okay, well, I there's got to be a re- there's got to be somebody that is you know get like writing these letters as Belfry because he would not do this. You know, but this isn't like Bell. This no, isn't like of our course Bell. not. Not like our hero Bell. Somebody's impersonating that sentient bat. Maybe it was uh, Batman. Maybe oh, was maybe. Or maybe it was Adam like a West. pigeon. You know? Well, I don't I don't want to give any spoilers. Oh, okay. spoilers so. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't want to give it away too soon. So she's like, okay, well, I got to like go downtown and like get some answers okay. so she goes down to petula's shop okay where she sees um her old pal enzo the hey. guy who set up the decorations El- enzo and carmella okay. are like father father and mother figures to her okay they'd help set up the decorations and left so they didn't have any information they don't know who changed over so quickly these yeah. decorations such that a mystery quick. it sounds like magic huh huh so 
so she sees Petula and um, Petula is like really distraught. The number one thing that Petula is working on is trying to get a search party out because they cannot find Edmund, the guy who actually dropped off the desserts. Oh, okay. So they're trying to figure out he's not shown up again. So he would have all the most information right. as to why right. the chef was dead okay. and like who changed everything over, but they can't find him. He's nowhere. Huh. He and Belfry are nowhere to be found. So basically what we find out from Petula is that she doesn't think she was the only one that was having an affair with Chef. Whoa, Pascal. Quite the cad, quite the cad. So she's like, okay, well, where am I going to find out who else was shipping this chef? And she's like, oh, the the yoga studio. (laughs) Sure, of course. She's Uh, like, I'm going to go find the Real Housewives at Ebenezer Falls and ask some questions. That's a good idea. Well, alternatively, if our books were to merge, Softy Hardbody could probably figure it out using the dark web. <laughs> you know? That'd be my guess. Yeah. What is Bitcoin? <laughs> I bought it. When does it arrive in the shipping? All right. So back in uh, Hillside here, Heather goes down to the Wayside Inn to confront Mr. Johnson about this angry letter that he sent to the deceased Victor Hardbody. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Turns out Mr. Johnson is 100% a red herring. So you don't even, don't even worry oh, about it. Are they going to say a redhead? No. He, maybe. We didn't. There's not. Because no that would explain a lot. There's no descriptions here. Apparently he'd represented Victor in a case. Blah, blah, blah. There's a settlement. All water under the bridge. Doesn't matter. Meanwhile, but he came to collect money, right? He yeah, gets money. Yes, he did. He came to collect money. But we never, ever see or hear from this man again. <laughs> So please tell me he ends up with a donut. I just want to tell you that that don't waste your time on that. Meanwhile, there was people like that in your book last year. There too. was, there was. It was mostly that. Meanwhile, at police HQ, uh, Ryan has acquired the hard body footage. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot this because there's security there's security cameras. cameras yeah, right. Uh, and we see that Kenny has sabotaged one of the cameras days before this happens. Oh. Okay. So we go and we question Softy, and she says apparently there was an issue with it. And so Victor had asked Kenny to go and fix the camera. And, like, don't even worry about Kenny, because if anybody is a problem here, it's Junior. He's the one everybody should be looking at. Well, because... he had the dark art, right? Yes, and he's the black sheep. We don't need this. Mm-hmm. Back at Donut Delights, the Christmas donut orders are just coming in so fast ames is freaking out yeah ames is doing her best they don't have a bat personal assistant to help ames is like where have you been like you are not a cop you are a baker so this is one of the few scenes that manages to shoehorn in both donuts and christmas uh because they're working on christmas donut orders well heather gets word that junior was kicked out of law school and not only was he kicked out of law school he was kicked out and no refunds were issued. So his parents went big into the hole for this law school that Junior didn't even finish. So that's yes. a problem. That's a problem right Disappointment. there. Disappointment. So they go back. Heather and Ames go back to confront Junior and it does not go well. He says, look, my dad pitted me and my brothers against each other. He made life horrible. I hate it. Seems like we're making some progress until guess who interrupts? Agent Orchard. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't want FBI. this FBI so Orchard and Heather have this argument and it's weird because like it does feel like there's some heat here it feels like we're having some chemistry there's gotta be but like Heather's married and it doesn't <laughs> we have we have 30 more books to get them you're back right. together you're right that's true 
that's true but i truly don't know if there was meant to be heat there or if it just was coming through if the characters just took over you know did she take off her top when he walked in no no nothing like that but i feel like had the scene progressed maybe who knows what would happen in the donut shop did he come to the donut shop no this is at the hard body residence Oh, so gotcha. finally, Heather's like, I don't I don't need this. They're going to leave. So they get caught in this downpour and they go to seek shelter like under the house, well, like under the eaves of the house, not like in the basement, but under under the overhang of the roof. And there in the bushes, they discover a pair of gloves that are burnt. Huh. So okay. I don't know. There's a clue. I don't tying know. In. So now we now we see something that probably is t- specifically tied to the murderer. We don't know. Guess we'll have to find out. How's your How are your people doing? So we go to the yoga studio where we're sure to find oh, sure. the other I the mean, other floozies in town. If, if you're taking yoga, you are having an affair with yeah. multiple men, and having and an affair are... with men who are having an affair with multiple women. Just tons of stretchy pants and ponytails oh, yeah. bopping around. Who needs like, that? All of them, and then and then here we have here we have Stevie and her hair is all disheveled. She hasn't slept, looking like a oh, look, looking a bit out of place. Well, that's kind of on her for going showing up. Take right. care of yourself, you know. And she'd heard she'd heard around town recently that we're going to skip the other characters that told this information. But okay. Gail, one of the Gales, Gail, I think her name is Gail. I, I'm actually not. I'm probably three percent sure her name was Gail. Okay, was seen with. Um, the the chef recently so okay. she sees gail she's like gail let's get some coffee i'm gonna talk and gail's like you own that big mansion on the top of the sound don't you and Steve's like yeah i do she's like all right yeah let's talk <laughs> so she's thinking like okay you're you're you're, you're rich you know i want to know what's going on with you so basically she's like she sits gail down she's like i know <laughs> what you've been you know she's just like crazy she's crazy she's like hasn't slept she lost her bat friend yeah and, she's just, and gail's like what are you talking about? And then she's like, don't you play coy with me? And yeah. so she's like just confronting her, making this big scene. So basically she like freaks Gail out and she's like, I wasn't the only one. And so, so she, you know, she can, she admits it that she's been sleeping with the chef too. So we have all these, all these real housewives. So the thing that she's starting to wonder, she's like, you know what? She's like, we got all these like, these women that are married that are sleeping with the chef, but maybe it's their jealous husbands oh, who found out. Could so be. now we have like the the higher that we we're trying to figure out a little bit more. Like, okay, well, this is becoming more layered. So, yeah. so eventually, Petula kind of figures out that Gail was also. So there's like we have all these girls that are like finding out that they all had affairs together, and it's getting really like catty. And and, and then what does Stevie do? She Yoga. Just, tiptoes away <laughs> where's bell so now she's, she's like she's kind of starting of little fires and stuff and then she's also like just running away yeah you know the uh all the the pointing fingers and the accusatory tone reminded me of that time that you and i were in a production of fiddler on the roof together and we were <laughs> we were backstage left which was very small it was just like uh, about the size of a closet we were there for a long time and apparently we were making too much noise for the man playing Tebula, Tebia, Tebula, <laughs> and after that scene ended, boy, he ripped us new ones. Do you remember that? 
I blacked out. You don't remember like you, this? No, I definitely remember. Oh but my I, de- gosh. I, I don't remember getting the heat. I feel like it was more directed towards you. Oh, could and be. I just happened to be a witness. Okay, okay. Yeah, he was a lot of pointing fingers. I yes. Apparently, we really ruined something for him. I don't think that's true, but he was not happy. Absolutely terrifying. He was He was like happy. six foot ten. Yeah. And just ho- ho- hovering over us. But I also, I- I'm putting a- most of the blame on the director. Uh-huh. Why would they have us stuck back in that I little closet know. during that I scene? Don't what did they know. expect? The two kids in the show. I know. The two loudmouth kids. Why would they put us back there for a, like a two-month run of a show yeah. and expect us not to be raising some hell? Can I ask a follow-up question? Why would you cast 18-year-old me as the constable <laughs> and 17-year-old you as the oldest character in Fiddler on the Roof? Because we're versatile. I guess. And we yeah. I'm not saying we didn't pull it off. I just brilliant. Think the choice was odd. You were John Truitt. I was. It made me insane. You got it in you. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That reminds me. Annually, we mentioned that we met in Meet Me in St. Louis, where I played John Truitt, and you played Sidney Purvis. Has so it, now we're going on how many years? Has that it come was up this year? Five. That 17 was 17 years ago? No, that was like 21 years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's where we first met. We had that handshake. We had a handshake. Yeah, that was and, our big moment. You know what? Something told me when we had that handshake, I was that like, we'd be getting into Bitcoin and the 20, dark web. Twenty plus years, I'm going to have an annual Christmas tradition with this kid. I knew it. And uh-huh. here we are. Listen, three more things happen in my book, and then I am done. Okay. So, yeah, about same. Okay. All right. So, so hit me. What else you got? So um, we we just caused a big stir with the Real Housewives and all that. Um, every now and then, so when Stevie steps away, she gets these little glimpses. She's getting these calls saying, "Yeah, help, help, uh, is this Belfry? Yes, it's okay. Belfry." And she's like, "Belfry, where are you?" Yeah. And she breaks down about twelve times throughout yeah. this book. She just starts crying like she is not well and she's losing it. But what's she gonna do? She's gonna get all dressed up for the Christmas Eve party at the church. Oh. So she's like, I'm gonna just go. I I need to relax. Like sure. you know what? Maybe some answers we'll find there. Maybe. So she gets there and what does she see? She sees more real housewives uh-huh. and their husband. Uh oh. So she notices this one pair um uh Right before, um, right before we meet uh, Patty and uh, who was the guy, Steve or Steve or Ralph? Ralph was the guy who broke his leg. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ralph. She's wheeling, she's wheeling her husband around uh-huh. the, um, wheeling her husband around the party, and right before we meet them, we have Enzo, our friend Enzo. Remember Enzo? Not to yes. be confused with Edmund right. Edward. Right. No. He mentions that he had found this little um, heart-shaped uh, jewel okay. at her house okay. while he was cleaning up the, from the party and everything. Uh-huh. And he put it in a little bag and he gives it to her. And while she's in conversation with Patty and Steve, what does she notice on Patty's neck? A necklace with a heart-shaped jewel missing. No. And she said, does chef... Pascal Lejeune, ring a bell. And she's oh. like, oh, what are you doing? She's like, you were at my house. You set up all this wow. other stuff. And then all of a sudden she takes her husband and she starts running down the hall with this wheelchair. Oh, no. Trying to get the heck out of there. And she basically gets out the door and throws him down the stairs. And they both go tumbling down the stairs because she didn't see them coming. And oh. they end up. He ends up on top of her with the wheelchair, which sounds really horrible. It does. Like, I feel like she's absolutely crushed. Like, yeah, she must she's dead. Been, this real housewife with the ponytail just flattened under her. Yeah. Husband. Oh yeah. 
so the cops come and we try, we kind of get to the bottom of it. Um, yes, she was there. Okay. Because she knew that Chef Lejeune was going to be there and be setting up. And her husband knew that she was going to be trying to find the chef for some reason they he wanted to confront the chef at stevie's house okay. before the decoration before yeah. the party you have to when they knew yeah. that stevie wasn't going to be there yeah. so they're both there trying to get the chef and basically he was going to confront him and be like you need to stop sleeping with my wife and he starts strangling him and they're while he's strangling him he dies ah. but it wasn't because he was strangling him okay it was because he was poisoned poisoned right <laughs> Yeah. So they said, yeah, we confronted him. Yeah, we pulled him outside. But he didn't die because we did that. He died because he had poison from the little dessert. Oh. And she said, well, why were you trying to eat the dessert? I saw you holding it, and I tried to pull it out of your hand. She said, well, because I saw my wife's jewel in the dessert, and I thought, I don't want her to be incriminated because we were both here, so I was trying to pull it away. You thought I was trying to eat it. Oh. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, simple mistake. My bad, my bad. Huh. So it wasn't actually, so while he was trying to, in a, what was it, vol, involuntary manslaughter? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, while he was trying to intend uh, harm on this Voluntary chef, manslaughter. <laughs> that, that would be voluntary. Yeah. He voluntarily yeah. assisted in the yes. murder. Somewhat. So they get taken away, that couple. Would, off to the slammer with you. So we're getting closer, right? Yeah. So we got we got some suspects there. We got the the cake. We 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 got some some people that could have been involved, but actually weren't involved. So we do know that they were poisoned. Okay, wow. But we do know that the chef was poisoned. Okay, well, back at Donut Delights, we've just found the burned gloves, and now they're thinking, you know what? We need to really go over that security footage because something is not right here. Something's not messing with the stories. So Heather goes through, and she sees a glint in Kenny's hand. And realizes that Kenny... Heart-shaped diamond. Nope. Nope. Your guess was wrong. Kenny has a key in his hand. It's the key that was found on Victor's body. And Heather is just like, the brothers did it together. Kenny's holding the key to the back door. They planted it on Victor. After they killed him, boom, the end. That's the case. All right. And... I went back and reread this section more than once because I was like, well, what's the case? That he was holding a key? Like, how does that... Maybe he wasn't holding a key. Maybe it was a dime. You know what I mean? And, like, even if he was holding a key, how do you know it's the right key? And even if it was the right key, how does that mean that they killed him? It doesn't but, tell us anything. But that's just it. The brothers did it, and they planted the key on Victor. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he just... They got tired of, of him hitting them against Boston each around. other. Yeah, that's it. They were just like, you know dad. screw this guy. And so yeah. they kill him. And they do th- and they do this whole thing. So, so what was the burn on the hands? The burn on like the mother's hand and the brother's hand were just red herrings because the gloves were used. Or or maybe it was like the, the gloves had a burn on them too. The gloves had a burn, yes. Yeah, so their hands wouldn't have gotten burned because the gloves it's just it's a whole thing. <laughs> It's a whole thing, and it doesn't really amount to much, but everybody is pretty much just like, yep, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yep. That, that, yeah. So they, they, they said, we got to wrap this up. Let's so, okay. So I've got a little, I've got a little bit more of the aftermath here. So, so take oh, us home. An epilogue. If yeah, you will. a little bit. Okay. So now, now, now things are heating up. So we got, we figured out that the, the, that the chef was poisoned. So she, she gets back, she goes back to the, um, 
the house and she's fired up. She's like, okay. that's it. We need to, we need to wrap this up. Yeah. So she gets to her house and she says, she starts calling. All right. Let me look at the name again. Adam. Adam, Adam Westfield. Adam Westfield, the warlock who stole my power. Show yourself now. Okay. I know you're involved. So all of this, all these Sussexes we met, she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It was pass, the, pass. Swipe left. Swipe left. It's the warlock that was the one that killed the woman in the prior book. The one okay. that killed the woman in the prior book. It, it's the same guy. Like, oh, it's him again. Oh, Always okay. him. Never wow. not Adam Westfield. Wow. She's like trying to summon him, and all of a sudden, who shows up through the door? Edmund. Edmund? The bakery delivery boy. Right. And he has kind of like a dead look in his eyes. Okay. And, and she comes up, and she he's holding a knife, and he's approaching her. And she said, oh, Adam Westfield. So basically, Adam Westfield has taken the human form of Edmund and has possessed oh. him and is walking around the world as Edmund. And so basically what happens is he pulls her into the kitchen where Belfry is hanging from a little noose from the ceiling. And she's, she sees her love up there. Oh, no. And she sees Edmund here. So basically, they just get in this huge fight and they just start beating the absolute ever-loving crap <laughs> oh out gosh. of each other. Okay. It becomes... The most descriptive part of this whole book is this knockdown, drag out fight that this woman has with this young man <laughs> who's possessed by. And I'm talking like, like this this author must have been taking some sort of martial arts class at the time because she's getting into real de- detail. The ghosts are like basically saying like, do this to him, do that to him, wow. roll down here, wow. punch his face here, and they just get into this big, huge brawl. And he like picks her hair up and. Punch, like slams her head against the floor a few times and they're just like they're going back and forth back and forth so she gets him off she gets him off and she gets the knife she's about to stab and then and then one of the ghosts is like remember it's Edmund and she said oh yeah humans don't really like getting killed when they're possessed yeah. so, so she she has a moment where she lets go and then he takes over again and um um she uh he's about to he's strangling her she's she's like losing consciousness and he grabs the necklace that's around her throat and rips it off and all of a sudden thunder happens in the room and lightning crashes in the room and then lightning strikes him and the body flies off of her and she knows oh adam's gone and they're like how did that happen the ghosts say how did that happen and she said, oh, the necklace that I was wearing must have been um, a magic spell from my dad. So when he rips it off, the magic from my dad, because I forgot my dad gave me this necklace as like a protective power. So that must have been what saved me. Oh, so it doesn't. It wasn't her magic. It was a not charm, her magic. It was a necklace that had never been mentioned prior in this book. Just all of a sudden in that moment when Adam Westfield slash Edmund grabbed it and pulled it off of her, did we relearn that that necklace had uh, enchanting powers? Okay. So the warlock's gone for now, she says. Yes. Because she knows he'll be back. He's got to come back in the next book and kill the next person. Right. So we get Belfry out, and, he, and Belfry is a character, man. Like, Belfry's saying, like, hey, what's up, dudes? So Belfry has this voice that I never even imagined. I'm thinking, like, honestly, I'm thinking Eddie Murphy from Shrek. Oh, that's the third, third Shrek that's reference. Third. Wow, I mean, he's a just a character. Like he's yeah. like donkey. He's like you know just yeah. really um, shooting the crap with everybody and just really casual and having yeah. the best time. He's I like really the life like, of the party. Everybody. I like how you're censoring your language. 
for the pod. Yeah, no, this is a Christmas it podcast. It is. It's for Christmas. So. It's for Christmas. Did you hear I said your three references was a turkey? You're from you're from a bowling dynasty. I thought. What bam? What bam? What bam? Yeah. Are you strike, good, strike, are you a good bowler? Strike. Are you a good bowler? I am good. Yeah, I'm good enough. Who's the best? Like... Both family owns a bowling alley. Everyone. Who is the best bowler in your family? Who do you think? Your dad. Joe. Oh, Joe. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. No, I mean, my dad is. The, 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 all my parents are fierce. I am the black sheep in the sense I'm the only one who has not had a perfect game. Oh, I've not geez. had a 300 score. I know, I'm a little bit of a disappointment. But guess what I am starting to do, Nick? What? I am subbing on my parents' bowling team. Really? So about every other Saturday, I'll pop on as a guest star. Wow. I'm doing pretty good, too. Wow. I always get my average. I always say my average is whatever I get that day. You know, this phrase is overused, but in this case, it's the only thing appropriate. You're living the dream, my friend. I'm leaning into this uh, yeah. small town Michigan. Boy, life I think sure. you should. I absolutely think you should. At this point, you just got to like, you can't beat them, bowl with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's a good my, I, I've, I've had a lot of fun bowling with my family. It's been, I mean, might as well, you know, it's yeah. part, of the, part of the legacy. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, so what have I told you now? So you know the brothers did it. I, I guess I thought that it was going to – I don't know what I thought. I thought there was going to be some, like, deeper motivation or something, but it really was kind of basic. So Heather is like, yes, I cracked this case, even though the FBI tried to stop me from getting the credit on this. So they rushed to the hard body residence. FBI is already there. They're ahead of them. The analyst – who was there when they found the information on the tape, reported it to the FBI because it was the FBI's case. So he felt like he had to. Right. Although not really because the FBI were there investigating Jennifer for the dark web. So not really was it their jurisdiction, but that a whole dark web subplot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed. And you're generous to call it a subplot. It was referenced twice. Um, <laughs> so they get there and the boys are being arrested and, uh, Agent Orchard is like, yeah, we were really here to arrest Jennifer for Bitcoin. Uh, but we figured while we were here, we might as well arrest Bitcoin the mishandling. boys since they're murderers. And so the whole right. family gets arrested. And oh, that's, that's, that's sweet. Yeah, they hope what I mean, dad's dead, obviously, because the boys murdered him. But the rest, I hope I'm right about that, because it really feels like with Jennifer's burn, that they should have been that Jennifer and Kenny were each holding one glove and that's, but that's not what happened. I read it twice. I don't know. Did Jennifer get burned from the dark web? Could be. Could be. Those, those oh, Bitcoins Bitcoin. can get hot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. All the server space it takes for NFTs wow. and digital currency, for sure. So those softy hard bodies, their lives are ruined. They are. They're ruined. They're Over. ruined. You know who's... That's really awful. It is. So like, so basically the awful father ruined their life. They decided we can't put up... He does not want me to be my true authentic self, be the yeah. artist that I'm meant to be. So I'm going to kill him and then my life is just going to be ruined. But like, was he that bad? I don't know. Right. You know, like... Because the P.I. turned up no dirt on him. He seemed like a guy who just, like, wanted the best for his children. I don't know. He's dead now. I think now, there's so stuff we don't know. I think there is stuff in the hard body family that we don't You're probably really right. You're probably about. right. Well, remember that it's Christmas. And so on Christmas morning, <laughs> Ryan and Heather, who's our protagonist, they have a daughter named Lily, who I believe was mentioned prior to this, but I could be wrong. Anyway... <laughs> Super excited. Opens up her presents Christmas morning. She got a four-pack of DVDs with all the Jurassic Park movies, and they are very specific that it does include Jurassic World as well. What? It does include Jurassic World as well. When was this uh, book written? Oh, what a question. 
about the time Jurassic World came out. I was, <laughs> yeah, was going to say. There's no publication date in this. I don't know. Somebody just printed this off a laser it printer. It just appeared. Sure. It just yeah. appeared on the shelf. I want to say it's like five. Oh, 2016. 2016. Oh, same as mine. Yeah. There you it was go. a good year for bad books. Well, that's not all. Because they're like, Heather, we've got a present for you as well. Go look out the window. <gasps> Heather goes out and looks out the window, right? And there's a brand new bright red Chevrolet Spark. It's a car. Oh my gosh. It's a car. Sweet. Yeah, they all kind of pitched in and bought her this car. And so Who did? Yeah, good question. I I mean aims, <laughs> The town? Aims? Like, yeah. Ames is holding down the donut shop. She doesn't have time to buy her negligent <laughs> it's, boss. It's Ames. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Ryan. And it's, no, yeah, Ames it's is resentful. So I kind of got the vibe that something very public happened to her previous car, maybe in book 30. Oh, right. There's so much. I, sub- there's I like, feel like yeah. something there happened. So anyway, I looked this up because I, I heard that Chevrolet Spark and I'm like, oh, this has got to be like, you know, 1969. This like classic, a classic Chevy Spark. No, it is a very modest, very affordable uh, current Chevy gets good gas mileage, you know. Good you, enough you, for you could get a good used one right now for about eleven thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> wouldn't set you back too much. Why did they aim so low? In I this don't book? know. I and guess that, realistic. That's what cracked me up about it though, because she was so excited about this car, and it was just like, yeah, that's like a, you know, like a Chevy Cavalier. You know what I mean? It just wasn't that exciting, is all. But they were excited about it, and Merry Christmas. That's it. Yeah, that's all that matters. I mean, that's if they're happy about it, like, that's literally all Do until that the next book. Is anything else in yours, or are you done? Well, then we – so there's just a lot of, like, missing – there's, like, a lot of question marks, I feel like, after the oh. the after the uh, warlock is sent away. Because then why – where was Edmund? We had a search party. Right. Where did Belle go? Why yeah. were they dis- – why are they spirit- – oh, let's ask Belle. So Belle's, you know, Belle's a character, yeah. right? He's, like, basically he's, like, okay, you want to know all the subtext or context that you didn't learn from the story? I'll tell you right now. Okay. So basically she was, like, where were you guys? He was, like, oh, we were, like, in, like, some cabin in the woods. And I was, like, okay. <laughs> She's, like, yeah. Like, they, like, we just, like – Like they Airbnb'd it and forgot to tell her? Or no, they like, yeah, or like, they were just – yeah, they were they were kind of kidnapped. So Adam, the Adam the Warlock took over the human form of, of Edmund, who then yes. captured captured the bat. And and she was like, "Well, why didn't you fly away?" He's like, "Oh, I was put in like some cage." Oh, so, so basically that's how we learned that it was just kind of all like very just like okay. casually explained, you know. So they kind of so we learned that at this point too that we didn't learn prior that um, Stevie's parents are witches too. Oh. So they come the next day and they're like, okay, well let's put a spell on Edmund to make sure he doesn't remember this men in the black. Yeah, you don't need style. that. Yeah. So they put Edmund over there at his apartment and just kind of wash over and be like, you were, you had car problems. So that's where Edmund was. He was lost in the side of the road for a couple of days. Wow. He he had car problems. And, car problems, and, and sure. Just showed up in his apartment. <laughs> He's like, "Why do I feel like somebody beat the hell out of me?" But didn't stab me. Didn't she stab did not stab him. Yeah. Remember, she held yeah. back. He's got a compound fracture <laughs> and a couple of bruised ribs. But Tula is just ca- car trouble. She's Classic like, Tula lost trouble. her. Yeah, so many lives are ruined in yeah. these stories. Oh, but sure. then our heroine just ends up very happy with the Chevrolet Spark. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a Chevrolet Spark, a real dingy car. Yeah. So I, um, so so we're just kind of left. We're just left a, a good enough car. Okay. So we're left on Christmas Day. They have a really nice um, 
Christmas together. Yeah, have uh, they seen Jurassic World? <laughs> you know, she's really obsessed with uh, she's obsessed with How I Met Your Mother, oh. Big Bang Theory, and Hallmark really? movies. How we I don't Met Your Mother had been off the air for like many years by twenty sixteen. We're talking reruns, babe. Okay. okay. So she's just like you know very kind of um, very very into like comfort shows. Yeah. So her parents are there. They have Christmas dinner. It ends up just being like a really lovely day. Every all's well that ends well, I guess. It sure ended. It we sure ended. So she, she got Belfry back. The, the other really odd thing about this is that towards the end, we kind of learned that she and Wynne, that ghost, the British, the British ghost, Winter Bottom, Winter Winter Bomb or whatever, who a yeah. uh, oh, Winter Bottom, Winter Bottom, that that Bell calls Winter Butt. Yeah. All of a sudden, Winter Butt. That's funny. Ha ha ha! That's yeah, funny. So funny. There's some weird sexual tension between her and and Winter and the ghost. Yeah. Oh. And then it, it, so then after this book ends, is a preview for the next next one, which is um. I told you I wanted to read you this list. Really. Yeah. Quick. Please, please do. So this is the series of um witch centered books that uh, D- uh, Dakota Cassidy has written. Okay. Witch slapped. <laughs> Quit your witching. Dewitched, uh-huh. the old witcheroo, uh-huh. how the witch stole Christmas. Is yeah. at. So dewitched is probably when she lost her powers. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah look at you reading between the lines. Or literally reading the line. Right. Um, the next book is Ain't Love a Witch. Okay. And so that's that's the one where um, we've learned that the, the ghost loves the loves the heroine. Loves the so, heroine. And it, that one that one's real horny the first the pages that i read of that one is real horny good witch hunting okay which way did he go Uh, witches get stitches how many of these are there and then one more okay 10 witch it real good Mm, yeah no no there's also a nun series you want to you want to hear some of the nun ones please None of your business mysteries, a paranormal cozy mystery series. About, okay. Then there were none. Yeah. Hit and none. House of the Rising Nun. The <laughs> so smoking nun. Smoking nun. What a wonderful world. And then I stopped taking pictures. So. Hey, weren't you in Nonsense Amen? <laughs> we don't talk about that. Sorry. I would tell you about my titles, but they're all just like Boston Cream Murder. Like, apple fritter murder that's it that's all there is to it and have nothing to do with any of the no no so they're not really they're not really helpful um well well, let me ask you this first was it christmasy enough because i know this is like a thing that you look forward to this is like part of your christmas tradition now was it Christmasy enough um i i have to say no offense to west coasters anything that takes place in like rainy seattle already has me kind of questioning the christmas tone and vibe yeah so that that was one strike the beginning of the book started really Christmassy with the Christmas decoration, yeah. um, the competition, but the competition ended very quickly and it didn't really get Christmassy again for yeah. me after that. So not super Christmassy. No, that's that's a criticism of mine as well, because I think you could have replaced it with just about anything. Like sure. they, they would be like the holiday donuts or like Christmas is coming. They could have been saying anything. They could have been saying like the Arbor Day donuts, you know, like nothing about it. <laughs> Arbor Day. Really tight. I love Arbor Day. Really tied it to, to Christmas or donuts. Honestly, the fact that we don't have any, not even one, I feel like you could just do, just have a recipe for a basic donut and then be like, here's how you top it. Done. You can use the same they, thing 60 times if you want. 
in the when they construct books like that with sort of menu items yeah. Yeah. Do, do they build it into the story does it just stop and it's like okay here's the recipe or is it at the end of the book like sometimes how they... sometimes they are i want to say like joanne fluke is one that usually puts one right in there like it's within the pages of the story mine last year apple cider slang was after the fact it was like <laughs> you turn the page and it was like granny's hot vanilla cider or whatever um it's usually like that, but this, it doesn't get into the donut aspect of it. And I feel like that's one of the things that cozy mysteries are typically known for. Like if it's in a bookshop or a snow globe shop, they really like give you that world, you know, like this is a day in the life of working at a snow globe shop. This just didn't do that. I feel like you have not been satiated yet. We've been searching for six years for your cozy donut and we haven't found it. But here's the thing. This was maybe my favorite book that I read. What? Twist. Because, like, I got to the end of it, and I was like, well, that was that was really basic. You know, like, that, that wasn't really a ton. I mean, the motivation was just, like, right there. It was like, they resent their dad, so they killed him. That's it. Like, there's nothing deeper. Uh, and even with that, I was kind of like, yeah, but I read, I read it so quickly, and I was like, mystery solved. I don't know. I, can, I mean, I would read more. I would read more of these books. 60 more? Not Probably not 60. But, like, if, if I was, like, sitting in an airport and somebody was like, hey, I finished Bavarian Cream Murder. <laughs> Hand it over. You know? I'd be like, yeah, let me see it. Let me see what Heather's up to. Okay. All right. So. A little sweet. I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't say, like, this is a Christmassy read that you have to read. But it's like, if you want a cozy mystery that you can pound through that is well-written enough that you don't get hung up on, like, stupid things. Right. Then I say, yeah. Give Susan Gillard's Donut World a, a, a roll. A, a, a donut roll. A log roll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you? Would I so um, not Christmassy recommend enough, it? Not Christmassy enough, but did you enjoy it? Um, I, I, I enjoyed last year's book more, and the reason being because it there was more mystery there were yeah. more it was more leading towards like a whodunit this one obviously has a trope if it's always going to be adam westfield yeah. as a character right. so we just kind of know where it's heading i yeah. didn't know because i didn't i hadn't read the prior books but then once i once we reached the housewife and her wheelchair ridden husband i was like that's it and yeah. we still had 20 pages left i thought there's no way this is the final resolution yeah so after we realized they weren't really the ones and she came into her house and said adam westfeld you know yeah. i was like okay so it's going to be the ghost this is the thing the thing that took a twist was just the smackdown that she had with this man. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they there is talk about sexual tension yeah her and adam westfeld slash oh, edmund sure. slash enzo yeah. I was like, that was fascinating. So it really picks up, like, this writer really gets into that kind of mystical um, warlock world. So okay. she started to come alive at the end. Okay. Um, still, I, I don't think I would read more of this series personally. The thing I feel bad about saying that is after the little um, tag for her yeah. next book, she kind of, like, mentions, like, please rate and review this and write really good things. I love hearing from you. Like, she's really, like, campaigning to get good reviews, so I don't want to trash her book. Yeah. Um, it's just not not my style. Thing. Okay. I think if you're looking for a series with like a witchy theme, I think this could be really fun. Okay. You. And they're not all Christmassy. This is just a Christmas no, entry. This was the one Christmas one. The one Christmas one. Okay. Yeah. All right. We've done better. We've done worse. I still remember that one I did. It was like the nine nine lives of Christmas. And that Muddy one. Pay Br- Muddy Mae Brown or no? That was sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> that was Pie another. Brown. That was uh, Santa Claude. That was Santa Claude by oh. Eartha Kitt. Um, <laughs> 
Um, no. <laughs> Nine Lives of Christmas was the one where the cat kept dying in these horrible, grotesque ways. That would be like, I got a few more lives left. And then it would sort of go between like, oh, what a cute little warm-hearted, hallmarky kind of story. And then the two characters were so hot for each other that it was just like totally I remember so that. Weird. And so that one I feel like I remember the most. But this but that was, was the one that, that one was, was fun. That one was fun to talk about. It was well. this one. Yeah, this was hard to talk about. Like when I finished it, I was like, "What the heck are we gonna say?" Because it's like, but you loved you reading it. it. I know. That's interesting. I wouldn't say I loved reading it. It was just no, uh, it was a fun. You're ride. gonna read it again once we stop recording. I yeah, I've already have a, a bath drawn. I'm just gonna slide right in, <laughs> read it. And take no, me 15 can... minutes. So. We can't end this podcast without me hearing you say the name of that cat and the person who wrote it. I just am obsessed with the name. Oh, say sure. It it's Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown, and the book was <laughs> Santa Claude. Somehow, yeah. Sneaky Pie Brown has really snuck its sneaky snuck its way into yeah. my life because I was at the local bookshop in Marshall. I would give it a shout out. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the okay. one on Main Street. And um, I saw Sneaky Pie Brown. Yeah. I saw like that that author. She's everywhere. As far as feline authors, Sneaky Pie Brown is maybe the most prolific. Ah, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If I weren't so allergic, I would look into that. I wish you would. I wish you would. I'd love to hear what happened more because that one was pretty intense. Santa Claude. That so. was the one where like rode a horse, right? Yes, and the the thing about that one was that the animals were like communicating with each other and actually like organizing. Like they rescued somebody from a burning building at one point. That was really like these these animals were part of the story. Like they had dialogue. So that was there's certain there's certain elements from our our time with this podcast that always stick in my mind. It, uh, the 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 animals talking. Yeah. The um the really horny couple from the other one, <laughs> Nine lives. yeah, and then the one where the guy hit the woman and she, the old lady, and she flew across the farm. <laughs> like, the way you described so it, oh, shocking! Yeah. That was that was the cider one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that the was... apple press. Now that you mentioned that, I had forgotten, but now press. I'll never forget yeah. that. Yep, yeah. All this elder abuse. <laughs> this is a lot of it. There's a lot terrible. of it going on. That one was funny too last year's because they made such a big deal about how one of the characters has had a lot of work done. And there was so much shade thrown at this character. And that's she ended right. up in the Apple Press. Yeah, that's it. That's, I totally forgot. So, what a waste. Yeah. I, I won't get over the one that I can't remember, but the one with the ghosts and how there was like, your, the one you read, how there was like, she had to make this special pie. A really impossible, um, like, descriptive moment of her trying to, like, uh, hook up this pulley system over the sleeping bear. Right, because there was bears. There was, like, bears living in the basement. Yes. Insane. Insane. Well, listen, uh, if you follow the podcast on our SoundCloud page, there is a special playlist that is just all of the Christmas episodes together. So if you want to relive all of these magic moments with Bo and I and the Eric's in the first couple as well, they're there anytime, anytime. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Predictions for next year. Are you going to stick with a supernatural theme? Are you going to lead more romancy? You want hard mystery? What What are you thinking? Well, I remember before we talked about the, uh, doing this again, I said, maybe let's do it more legit. Let's like actually oh. read something that could be like, okay. um, you know, lauded. And I'm not okay. saying that this isn't a legit book, but you right. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit more like a higher on the bestsellers. But yeah. I... Um, 
I don't know. I'm also going to leave kind of next year as a no expectations and just, again, take it as it is. Yeah. Live in the moment and just like let it come to me. Yeah. This witch spoke to me in my dreams. Okay. So who knows what's going to happen next Something year. might happen. Yeah. Should we do another Pride Month book club after Red, oh. White, and Royal Blue? I would love that. Okay. If you're still an ally. So we'll start... <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I, I have one on our, I have one already on our schedule. We don't have to do that one, but I do have one that's set up and it is, uh, it was described as a take on Greece. So. <sighs> Greece is the cool, cool, cool for the summer. I want to think, I want to say it's what it's called. It's technically YA that is on the schedule. So we can decide to do that one or we can do a separate one. Now you listen to me, Miss Sandra D. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a deep cut. That's an outtake of when I was in Greece, and instead of playing, uh, what is it? What is her song called? There are worse things. Worse things. There are worse things. Very serious moment. They started playing We Go Together, and the actress in the scene collected herself. The music stopped. She looked at Sandra D. and said, "You listen good." And then there are worse things I could do played. Oh, Melissa Pond, wherever you are. That was a that was a golden moment. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, Merry Christmas, my friend, and happy birthday. This is going to drop on your birthday. Thank you. So and I'm looking at your birthday card that you mailed to me oh, right now. It. I can't wait to oh, think of sa- you. Saving it. You're saving it. Yeah, for the day of. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. What birthday is this? Can I ask? Yeah, 36. 36. I remember those days. <laughs> I remember Aww. those days. It was yeah. not very far for you. You're 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 getting up there. I'm 38. I know. I was gonna say. Yeah. Are you ready for the big 4-0? I assume you're coming out. I'm coming out. <laughs> I'm already. Out. Well, no, no. <laughs> I no, I mean you're gonna get in the car, come out for the big 4-0. Out. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Heck yeah. Yeah. Now it's Heck on. Yeah. Now it's on audio. So. You know. I'll take you all the way to the highlight drive-in if wow. you come out here. Okay. And you did. You came to see me. Well, you didn't come to see me. Yeah, that's true. You did come to Marshall not yes, too long ago. That's true. And and though I had ulterior motives, I did change when I was coming to see you. So I know. I that, know. That is a fact. Yes, a you fact. did. Uh, all right. Well, um, are you going to do anything else Christmassy? Do you have you? You said White Christmas. You got that locked in. Any other big Christmas plans? Nothing. It's just a weird time of year because it's my birthday on right. Monday, so I have yeah. to like I, I get I, I get a lot of the here's your here, this is for your birthday and Ugh. Christmas. My so. birthday's ten days after Christmas, so I also get those. It, it's that weird time in January. Everyone's just kind of like hanging yeah, out. Yeah, everybody's like, like, we did this already. What we is my life? Yeah, my presents. No, <laughs> yeah. no, thank you. Celebrate it out. Yeah. I don't know. Are you, what do you have planned? I mean, obviously you're making a big move. Boy, so. yeah, for Christmas, where yeah, we're moving around, and no, we don't have anything too exciting planned. You know, you have I've, a tree, right? You'll have a tree set up. And we have a tree. Yep, we're we're gonna get a different tree when we move. So lots of lots of exciting holiday things coming your it. way. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for like kind of new beginnings. Like, I know. Yeah, I know. Perfect time. All right. Well, this is my favorite Christmas tradition, and we did it. Me too. All right. Uh, next time around, our next episode is going to be in January, and my friend Kendra is going to join me. We're going to talk about all of the favorite things that we read and watched during 2021. So if you have favorite things that you read and watched during 2021, you can send us to a, us over on Twitter at All the Book Show, Facebook, David A. Howe Public Library, or any other way you want to get in touch. Bo, you can do that as well, not just the other listeners. I'm there. Okay. All right. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for this holiday episode of How's Things, Bo, until we meet again. Bye, big bro. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.